This episode is brought to you exclusively by Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market. This means that at running stores, they sell more Curex insoles than any other brand, and with good reason. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Hey, it's Sarah, and as we are in the thick of training for fall races, or maybe even about to stand on a starting line, we figured it would be a good idea to do a compilation of some past questions about training and racing. So here are four of them. We hope you enjoy listening to them. And also another reason we're doing this show is because Dimity is out east getting ready to do her big aqua bike race this Saturday. So send her good vibes. I know I will be. Enjoy. This is Julia, who's looking for remedies in to a training plan burnout. Hi, this is Julia from uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, love you, love the show, love you guys. Thanks so much for everything you do. I have a question about burnout. So I'm currently um, in week 11 of the Own It Half Marathon plan for the um, Train Like a Mother and the Train Like a Mother book. And I'm just starting to feel super burned out. For instance, I um, had a run today that was supposed to be seven miles, a tempo run, and I could only finish about five and a half of it before I just felt entirely done. Um, so I thought I'd ask if you guys had any um, advice on that and um, would love to hear what you guys have to say. Anyway, love the show. Thanks for everything, guys. Bye. Okay. Julia, know that. Any of us who have ever trained for an endurance race know exactly how you feel. Totally, totally, <laughs> right? A little bit like being pregnant, right, Sarah? Oh, my goodness, that I just, you know, it's been a while, but, um, you know, just when you're about, you're, you're not close to giving birth, but yet the memory of not being pregnant is just a faint flicker across your brain. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I've always been here and I'll always be here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not, and it's never going to end. Yeah, definitely. You are, you know, week 11, and it's called the Own It Plan for a reason. It is, you know, we want you to, it is a challenging plan to get you to a very, um, you know, a substantially solid race, right? I don't want to say a PR because you never know, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely built so that you can run to the best of your ability that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a couple things I would say is that, you know, sometimes you just have to put your head down and get it done, which mm-hmm. I realize is a little bit like, you know, like shaking my clipboard at you and, you or, know. <laughs> or just eat your broccoli, shut up and eat your broccoli. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Don't complain and just do it. Um, that said, you know, there's definitely, there's mental fatigue, there's physical fatigue, and there's the combination of two. So, mm-hmm. and we we have all been there. I mean, a lot of it is... Um, I mean, I, I, you know, like you've been there training for a marathon or maybe you haven't because you're so off in La La Land when you train for marathon, Sarah. <laughs> you're like, I'm training for a marathon. I love it. <laughs> I said some mockery of the off well, that's, 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 that's full gal. <laughs> that's not so far from the truth, though, is it? Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. I own it. I yeah, own it. Yeah. Where, <laughs> like, own- meanwhile, you know, like I'm already, you know, full disclosure, I'm like, I, I swam yesterday. I swam today. They're both kind of long workouts. And I was just like, I do not want to do this. I do not want to do this, you know? And then you you get through it, right? You get through it and you feel so much better, right? So um, 
you know, I guess a little bit is putting your nose down to the grindstone and just getting it done. The mm-hmm. other option, of course, is, you know, if you, you know, a seven mile run at tempo, you know, and maybe it was, um, you know, four miles at tempo and three warm up. Maybe mm-hmm. you cut that down to two miles at tempo and five mm-hmm. just easy miles. Or maybe you cut out the tempo totally and just show up and get in the easy miles. I mean, you know, the plans are a little bit adjustable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things so, that you could do, Sarah, if you don't want to tweak the workout? Yeah. So, um, and Jim, I just have to say it's April and your race is in September. <laughs> September. It's more, it's more the, I just need to figure out how to get, um, work in the swimming. Right. And I, I mean, I, I'm, once I get there and get going 10 minutes in, I'm fine. It's more like it's, it's a two hour. Oh, it sure. It sure is. No matter how far away that pool is from your house. It is two hours. It It is two hours. And the swimming is an hour of that. Right. Like that's the problem. And it's, you know, so, and I have, I have definitely become soft as far as early wake up times. I'm just not Mm. there anymore. It's so it's the pandemic that's done that to us. I think that, yeah, and a little aging, yeah, and no, and no, like, you know, urgency, right, to get up and, yeah, that's the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I just need to, you know, buckle down a little bit more and just kind of get a little bit more uh, structure to my days, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's, but... And, and I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not burned out yet. I promise you I'm okay, not good. burned okay, out good. yet. Okay, good, okay, But, but I, I mean, I definitely, you know, when I look at a workout that's like, I mean, today I swam, one of the parts was like swimming a thousand straight like that. Mm. That's a lot. That you know, sure that's is. a lot of counting. Um, <laughs> thankfully, it's like, it's a nice, it's a, it was really nice because, you know, you can see how far you are at like a hundred percent. Like I'm 32.5% dimity when I'm at 325 meters, you know, like. Oh, <laughs> Wait, so. these are mind games you play or this is like oh, that, some. That's mine. I mean, when I count, yeah, I just do. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like that's yeah. like. I do a lot of mental math. I think we've, well, a long time we talked about this, but yeah, a lot of mental math, but, oh but you always feel better when you're done. Right. And yes. yeah. And, but you are, if you are in the middle of a tough workout and you are just like, I can't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, first Sarah, let's, let's talk. I want you to share your suggestions for like getting through it mentally if it's not a physical issue. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, first off, Julia, you know, change things up. And it doesn't have to be huge. You know, it could be going on a new route. If you usually run on a track, go to the road, vice versa, go on a trail, you know, even just run your usual route in the opposite direction, Um, you know, head, you know, west instead of usually going east or I don't know, something. So, you know, recruit friends to meet you along the way. That always is a big pick me up because you don't have to have someone who can do the exact workout with you. You know, they can meet you for the final three miles on your long run or something, because then it's, it's waiting for you out there as this treat. It's, you know, it's like dessert. Um, and, you know, listen to music instead of a podcast or get recommendations for great audiobooks. Dim, I've already shared mine with you, which is um, Too Much Is Not Enough by the actor Andrew Rannells. It's his memoir. It's read by him. It is fabulous. It is not to be listened to in the car with young children, however, should I say. (laughs) (laughs) So just anything to put a little pep in your step to, to give a spark of excitement beyond, because if the run, if the workout itself is not getting you excited, then put enough, put some other thing out there that's going to be a carrot to get you out the door. Yep. Yep. And then there's the idea of overtraining too. And I just want to touch on this, which again, mm-hmm. it's the own it plan. So that's definitely a chance that it might just be a little bit too much, 
you know, like you might be have just gone over the cliff just a tiny bit, which mm-hmm. um, I know is impossible in real life, but it is in, you know, <laughs> virtual training scenarios. We just have like a couple toes over it. You're going to come back. But, you know, if you're not sleeping very well, if you're very, very irritable, if you're not hungry, mm-hmm. um, if you're really, really hungry, like ridiculously hungry, that's another one. Um, mm-hmm. So just I would um, just kind of pay attention. You can also like Google the symptoms of overtraining. There's a much, mm-hmm. much longer laundry list, but um so that's one thing um and then just you know make sure that you're really taking your easy runs easy Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know do not try to put the gas down um on a four mile easy run like if you normally run 10 minute splits and you take an easy run at 12 minute splits no harm no foul like it is okay just you know easy means easy Mm -hmm. um you know make sure that your nutrition is good um you're getting enough protein you're getting enough carbs to fuel yourself that's the other thing um you know uh in the love the run program we had a webinar a couple um weeks ago with coach jen coaches jen and liz and um there was a big light bulb moment for our women um or for a lot of runners uh because uh one woman was talking about how you know she she was she's a probably like a 12 minute miler Mm -hmm. um mile five she's fine mile six like she couldn't go right. Mm -hmm. Like from like five to six. And if you put in 12 minute miles or maybe it was six to seven, but basically around 75 minutes, like you Mm. need to start eating something. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. people, um, that was new, a new idea or needed some refreshment with people, refreshment in their minds. Yes. So, um, so if that's something, I mean, you know, seven miles, you know, with four miles at tempo, um, um, or whatever it happens to be like, you know, consider bringing a goo along with you yeah. and make sure that you have something in your belly before that too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. some quick access, you know, is peanut butter toast or banana and peanut butter or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you have. Um, just don't let yourself run an empty in any respect. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've been loving the goo liquid energy gels lately. I just love those things. They're just like a, a happy marriage between liquid and energy gel and so I, I've been running 10 on Saturdays and at mile five, mm, have one of those. Nothing like it. Just like a, just like a Sunday brunch, right, Sarah? <laughs> so here is Hillary from Outer Banks of North Carolina. Hey, Sarah and Dimity. My name is Hillary and I live in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I'm not a mother runner yet, but I hope to do it within the next few years. Um, my question is about marathon training. I did one marathon, um, a few years back and the itch is starting to come back a little bit, but every time I think about, um, starting another marathon, all the training and the hard work and the pain comes back to mind. Do you have any tips on how I can get the motivation and the confidence to, um, start marathon training again? Um, thanks for your help. And I look forward to hearing your answer. Bye. So marathon training, I I found this an intriguing question because I kind of felt this push and pull within, within Hillary, you know, thinking, you know, the, the allure, the siren song of a marathon yet then when the practical, the day to day getting to that race, you know, it just, um, was all the hard work and the pain. Yeah. yeah. All the hard work and pain comes back to mind. So, I mean, I guess you kind of have to ask yourself, like, why do I want to do this? That's what I would do, you know, because it's so easy to, I mean, especially these days, we have so much flung at us with social media and, 
you know, your friends are doing stuff and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, you know, it's really easy to jump on any bandwagon. But Mm -hmm. my first thing would say, um, would be to Hillary to say like, okay, take 10 minutes and write down, you know, your top five reasons why you want to do a marathon. And Mm -hmm. is that compelling? Okay. Mm -hmm. If it's compelling or if it's really like, yep. Okay. This absolutely speaks to me. Then, then absolutely let's go for it. If Mm -hmm. it's because I feel like I should, or I've already done one, I need to do another. Um, you know, if it feels a little wishy-washy, um, you know, or waffling, I would say there's no reason to do one because it is, um, such a commitment. Mm -hmm. It is, it is so much more of a time commitment. And as she alludes to in this question, so much more of a mental commitment and, so, you know, I, I, the first thing that sprang to my mind for Hillary um, is that if she decides to do the marathon, to remember that training is incremental. You know, we're not, when, when you sign up for a marathon, as long as you sign up several months in advance, we're, <laughs> we're not asking you to run 20 miles tomorrow or even 10 miles tomorrow. You know, it's a slow, steady buildup. It's progressive. And the training, you know, adds on to itself. So that week one makes you stronger for week two, which makes you stronger for week three and so on down the line. Yep, absolutely. So pick a race. If you are going to do it, pick a race that gives you a full training cycle. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're looking probably anywhere from 16 to 24 weeks, depending upon what kind of training plan you do. I would also really, because she is a little bit on the fence, I would also really pick a race that means something to her or that it's Mm, interesting to her. You know, so whether that's, you know, I want to go race Big Sur or I want to go see my dad in Austin, Texas or whatever it is, but have something, have a reason behind it besides just Mm -hmm, mm 26.2. So yeah, so you would work back that way and make sure that you give yourself enough time to train. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, it sounds like that there, that Hillary doesn't have a real firm goal so that then run and train at a pace that's comfortable. You know, and mm-hmm. so that so that there doesn't yes, it, um, training for a marathon is challenging. It makes you dig deep, and that's the one of the many beauties of it. But also, if you can run at a race, run at a pace that's comfortable, then that alleviates a lot of the oh gosh, this is going to be hard. I'm not going to feel good. All the all those anxieties. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and I think it's um, you know, I think that's really important. I mean, for anybody, especially on the long runs, unless you have you know like a couple race pace miles or something thrown in. But for the most part, you know, marathon training it is a lot. You know, it is an easy effort training cycle for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, keeping it easy, but then also maybe finding a friend. Like, can you mm-hmm. rope someone yeah. into this? Because yep. <laughs> um, you know, like if you're going to see your dad in Austin, does your sister want to, or your brother want to do it with you, or yeah. you know, just something to kind of make it fun and keep it light. I mean, that's the thing is I feel like that's why I think she's kind of, you know, um, yin and yang this a little bit is like, it's like, well, I want to, I think I want to, but gosh, it's hard. And it's like, well, if you have a buddy to go through with it, go Mm -hmm. through it with, and then also have a place that you want to go. I mean, that, Mm -hmm. that lightens the whole effort a lot in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think about the, the race that got this whole, another mother runner party started, Dim, you know, that you, so you corralled, lassoed me into, you know, being your long distance training partner. You had a running partner there at the time you lived in Colorado Springs, you know, and then, then, and I'm telling, obviously, you know, all this, but you know, and then then your younger, youngest sister was in the race as well. So, I mean, you just kind of had these tantalizing, um, treats all, all scattered. I had, I had, yeah, I had, I had, I had companionship the whole way, which is really half the battle, especially, 
um, it really, you know, especially on those early morning runs, those long runs, they can get so long, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, but I mean like how, you know, you're out there and you're out there and you're out there and you know, that's what, there's a lot of time spent in your own head. And sometimes yeah. it's really nice to, um, get that to be broken up with a, a friend. Yeah, exactly. And also you can do, um, you know, if the thought of going 10 miles out and 10 miles back for that, when the 20 miler finally presents itself, you know, do five, four mile loops and have a friend join you on loop two and a different friend join you loop four, whatever it is. So, so that, you know, you could, then you get that comfort of knowing that you're always closer to home, that you're not having to, you know, call a rideshare service, you know, to get you home. <laughs> so exactly. like you have to bail at mile 12 or something. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Thanks to our friends at Curex for being the sole sponsor of this episode. Follow our lead and swap out the flimsy factory installed sock liners in your running shoes for a pair of customizable Curex insoles. Your feet and body will be glad you did. Curex insoles are the top selling brand of insoles at running stores. In fact, our graphic designer, Rebecca, an avid trail running mother runner, learned about Curex Run Pro insoles from the folks at her local running store. She was complaining of a few foot issues and their solution, now hers, are Curex Run Pro insoles. She's been running pain-free ever since. As I said, Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable and they provide dynamic arch support. You see, insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like custom orthotic. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. My high arches appreciate the high profile. Since starting to run with Curex Run Pro insoles two years ago, I've been injury-free despite keeping up my same mileage. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us, AMR15. So this question is from Yana in Waco, Texas. Hi, this is Jana from Waco, Texas. Love your podcast and listen to it on all of my runs to keep me motivated. My question is, obviously with a bunch of races canceled and postponed this spring and into early summer, got a chance to work on some speed work. And my goal is to sub to um, in the half marathon sometime in the fall or winter. So what is your best advice to achieving that sub to? Um, for reference, my PR is 205 on a really hilly course. So look forward to any advice and tips you can give me to stay busy and continuing to run through all this craziness. Thanks. Have a good one. So Yana, kudos for you for taking a long view of training, setting your sights on a fall or even winter race. Um, love that you're giving yourself loads of time and a realistic goal that you've done a 205 on a hilly course. I say set you up really nicely for achieving that sub two hour half marathon that you're aiming for. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely possible, but uh, before we talk about training, let's talk about race selection mm, because that's, that's going to be even um, that's going to the matter. Um, if, if, if a sub two is, is, is really important, like that's the goal of this whole training cycle, then we need to kind of look at all the different pieces mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. make sure that, they are as dialed as possible. So yes. the race, you know, it's not 
a flat course isn't necessarily the fastest course, um, especially because you could be going against a headwind. Um, it's mentally boring, you know, so having yes. some rolling hills is not necessarily a bad thing. On yeah. a, uh, you know, I guess um, spe speaking of Texas, I set close to my half marathon PR at the Zuma, the inaugural Zuma women's half marathon in hill country outside Austin. And that thing was hilly AF. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's, so, um, so yeah, so you pick a race that, um, you know, in Texas, obviously, I think you'd want to race in January, February, March. You'd want to, mm -hmm. you know, you want it to be, you know, in the high 40s, low 50s, if possible, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. if you can set that up. And, um, <laughs> and of course, that feels fast and, and it's interesting to you, right? Mm -hmm. um, because if you're out there, like if you pick, you're like, okay, this looks great, you know, from all the, like, you know, from a, like the data standpoint, as far as the temperature and the, you know, the course and that kind of thing. And then it's 200 people like, mm -hmm. okay, that's probably not the race you want if you would <laughs> like to have the crowds. Right. So yes, you kind of yeah. have to look at all those aspects. Yep. Um, and then as far as training goes, I mean, you know, it, it, you're going to have to probably get on a, a pretty aggressive training plan. Like Sarah, mm -hmm. you're on the heart and soul level two um, marathon plan. You could do the heart and soul level two half marathon plan. You could also do the level one plan though, too. We were talking about this the other day and um, you know, level one gives you quite a bit. And if you haven't heart rate trained, like yeah. you can definitely get so much out of training in the zones that are set just for you. You set yeah. them yourself based on a test, right? And then you yeah. do some math. Yeah. So um, Molly, uh, my best running friend was, is um, aiming for the half marathon in Missoula and she was on level two of heart and soul and she, it was just too much for her. And so she dialed it back to level one and because she happens to know a few people who can get her plans and um she said it's still super challenging so i, I think i think um a pr could definitely come out of level one yeah for sure and and then there's also if heart rate and you're like oh i just don't want to you know not interested that's fine you know mm -hmm. uh there's like a 13.1 race there's a 13.1 crush it mm -hmm. in the um in the train like a mother club and all those plans include a variety of workouts right yeah. you're going to put race pace miles into your weekend long runs. You're going to run hills. You're going to do some speed stuff, some interval stuff. So you find your gears and you've, cause you realize, you know, that you need to, it's going to be uncomfortable for, mm -hmm. you know, at mm -hmm. least 45 minutes, if not more <laughs> um, on race day. And um, so, yeah. 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 And then hearkening back to our first two um, quote unquote callers, um, you know, the importance of strength training. That's something we um, stress a lot here on answers and on trains. And um, I have to say how the strength training, so I, okay, I don't, I have already admitted, I don't have any equipment, but I do um, a lot of times now that's nice enough, I will stay outside on our covered back porch and do um, 20 minutes of strength training. I like to kind of make a salad of all the different take, <laughs> you, you do these awesome training videos, Tim, but I'm huh? like, oh, I like this move from, from circuit five and this one from circuit six and all those things. So, but sure. What a big difference it's making in my training cycle, especially strengthening my glutes, hips, and obliques, and then, you know, foam rolling, dynamic flexibility, because, Yana, it's so important to stay injury-free between now and that ideal race that you choose for yourself. Totally. All right. Well, here's another marathon-related question. This one from Tiana in Saskatchewan, Canada. Hi, Serendimity. My name is Tiana. I am from Southeast Saskatchewan, Canada. 
and I'm calling to see if you would mind explaining the science behind running your long run so much slower. I'm having trouble getting my head wrapped around the idea that I'm going to be able to run my goal pace for my marathon, even though I only run, you know, four, five, six miles of it at a time. It's a, it's a hard thing for me to wrap my head around. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Love the podcast. Okay, Sarah, first I want you to spell Saskatchewan. You, you know, so, looking at it. I know, no, because as you can see from the notes, I cut and pasted that. <laughs> I know. Right? Hey, by, apropos of nothing, um, I was uh, timing in a swim meet a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was timing with a mom who um, our kids, our sons used to play soccer together a long time ago, and her son now goes to the National Spelling Bee, which I was like, Ooh. Oh, that's so cool. So, wow. Anyway. Very nice. Yeah, no, I didn't was- make it to- he didn't make it to the televised round though. And then he thought it was really lame because um, eight people won this year. I don't know if you remember that or not, but oh, eight people won. Wow. And no, I didn't this mom was basically like, the kids memorize the dictionary, you know? And so <laughs> then she's like, so then you got to, you know, make them spell into the night. They've got to have some endurance or something. And I was like, whoa, easy there, killer, you know? But I mean, it is true. Eight winners of one national competition is a little. <laughs> right. It's Even like, for me, that feels a little much. <laughs> and a ribbon for you and a ribbon for you. <laughs> exactly. All right. So back to long, slower long runs. I mean, there's a lot of um, science and more, more than that experience and so many training plans that um, get behind mm-hmm. us for good reason. You want to yeah. explain a little bit why, Sarah? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and also I think we should um, mention that um, that the question is based on the premise that the, a long run pace is typically spelled out as being 30 to 90 seconds slower than your predicted race pace. So that's what Tiana's getting to is um, so, and that pace of running this longer, slow um, builds greater aerobic benefits, which is, as we know, the foundation of a solid marathon or any endurance event. So that's what you're doing. You're these, those long run paces at that, you know, long runs at slower paces build. Um, I mean, it does things like it makes you be able to, um, you know, uh, burn fat, store more glycogen. Uh, it builds more red blood cells, which carry ox, you know, carry oxygen. And so it's just all like tons of things happening at a cellular level while you're doing those long runs and at a slower pace and in the hours and um, day or two afterward. So there's a a whole lot of stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree. And and mentally it also helps too, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the long runs as a rule help you mentally, but also, um, you know, just kind of um, monitoring your effort and staying at a pace that I, it, sometimes it's harder than you think it is, right? Staying at a Mm. pace that you don't necessarily want to stay at. I realize that's kind of the inverse of, you know, pushing yourself, but there, that's a skill too, you know, like monitoring yourself saying, okay, I'm going to stay easy. I'm going to stay easy. Mm-hmm. You know, then when you flip the switch on to race day and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to stay slightly uncomfortable. I'm going to stay slightly uncomfortable. Um, but you can I, definitely I, go ahead. Sarah. I want to uh, say that I had a coach once who said um, that I was never going to, she was never going to be impressed if I came back from a long run and told her that I'd gone faster than the plan called for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like basically like it is the base layer of, um, of marathon training. It is the, you know, Mm -hmm. the bottom layer of pyramid, all that stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. along with other easy runs during the week as well. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you can up the challenge as she says in her, um, voicemail, you know, you can add in race pace miles. So, you know, four to six, I mean, you can also split that up. You know, you could do, um, say you say, they say the plan calls for eight, 
You could do, you know, two miles, um, you know, after a nice warm up, take a half mile off, do two more miles, half mm -hmm. mile recovery, you know, and so you can kind of split it up that way um, and maybe do the last two miles um, at the finish, right? Mm -hmm. At the finish of that long run. Yeah, strong finish, which is the, the next way you can do it. Um, and a strong finish can be anywhere from, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, putting yourself in those last couple miles of the, of the race of the marathon and, and, um, coming close to race pace or hitting race pace. That's a really good exercise. I mean, the mm -hmm. biggest thing about the long runs, um, that you want to be able to do is recover from them and still yeah. be able to continue your training. And so if you go out and do 20 miles at race pace, and then say that you do that on a Saturday of Sunday off, and then Monday you have hill repeats, Mm -hmm. That is a lot on your body, right? You have not recovered from that race pace on Saturday. So, um, so that's really, you know, once you, you know, giving yourselves, um, giving your, like maxing out the amount that you can do while still recovering. Mm -hmm. And then once you hit the taper, then it's like magical, right? Right. Well, that's the thing that, that Tiana, remember that on race day, you know, the, the magic's going to happen, let's hope, because you know, when you do a training run, you haven't enjoyed a taper. Whereas on race day, you have, you've been cutting down your mileage for two, maybe three weeks. So in a training run, your legs and body aren't as fresh as they'll be on race day. Um, you know, so without really knowing it, you know, you kind of remind yourself that you're starting all your runs slightly fatigued, even if it doesn't feel that way. Like if we could really dive down deep at a granular cellular level, we'd be able to tell that. And also, you know, on race day, there's the, the, having crowd support, that race day adrenaline, you know, it's easier to increase your pace if you're like, oh, I'm going after that guy in that blue shirt or, oh, you know, that woman in the pink shirt passed me. I'd like to catch up and run alongside of her for a while or something like that. So there's mm -hmm. a, a lot of factors at work. Um, that are, are mental as well as physical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. For and, sure. and, you know, also, I mean, um, that, that, um, I have for a few of my marathons, like when I was training for the one that I PR'd at, I have done much longer race pace miles in training runs. Like the one that ended up being my marathon PR, uh, which was down Eugene, the coach I was working with at the time, she and I drove down to Eugene and I ran a 22 mile training run on the race course with, I think it was 17 miles of race pace. Um, wow. That, was, that must've been your last long run. That's a tough run. That is it a really was a very it was a very tough run. Yeah. Um, and, um, so, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I gotta say like, I mean, I know you were under the, the guise of a, or under the expertise of an Olympic, an Olympian. So, but I, I wouldn't recommend that for most people. I feel like. Oh that, yeah. No, no, no. So, but, but the matches before race day. That is. And, and it was, it was very challenging, but um, you know, but I, there is, you know, it's, uh, I guess I wanted to point out that there's a range, you know, so that some people going into a marathon, you know, I think maybe we even were scaring a few people saying, wait a minute, what do you mean I should do race pace during a long run? No, no, no. You definitely, if your goal is to finish a marathon, there's no need to do race pace during a long run that you're, you know, there's other factors in your, um, in your training plan that will help you, you know, have the race that you want to have. And so this is just for if someone's looking to um, maybe run a, set a PR, um, you know, meet some time goal, then you can add in these faster race pace miles. But, and then if you're really gunning for a, a big PR or something like that, you can stretch them out and, um, make them longer like that one, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But that so one, that one is a big, big use caution. <laughs> <I don't> wanna, <laughs> yeah, there's a big gamut, I guess is what we're saying, but definitely, um, 
if you are going to do something like that, then you need to have a plan that's going to take you up to that and then help you come back down and be ready for this. I would imagine that's mostly at a one-on-one coach level. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yes.